For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. G'day everybody, welcome to the special edition of the Carlton Show. I'm not sure what we're going to call this one, it's a post-everything Christmas special. Uh, There's been a fair bit happening in our footy club since we were last here uh, on and off the field and we felt obliged to get together and have a chat about it all. Um, Great to have you with us, uh, Andy Maher again. Uh, Bagsy in his familiar position across the way from me. Hello, uh, young fellow, me boy. G'day, Gex. Andy, it could be the National Lampoon's uh, version of the Christmas in... uh what is it, December? Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I've got no What are you talking about? Well, Family vacation? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Well, we're not, we're not going to call it anything anymore, so not are the number 31 the... or 32. Well, this is... So now we'll just go, we'll, we'll just call it, uh, call it whatever you the like. pig's ass show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that would have been a great name for the podcast. The pig's ass Pig's show. ass. Yeah. After, oh, you know. John? Yeah, yeah. Hello, Gex. G'day, boys and fellow podcasters. Um, how many other fellow podcasters are there? You, what, he, you, listening. Me and him. Listening. Pod, listening. Yeah, part of the listening. podcast. Pod people. We peaked at 23,000. <laughs> That's true. We did too. Not that we're, not <laughs> not that we're, that we're drinking our own bathwater or anything. No, no, no. Um, righto. Should we just get stuck straight in? Mm. Enough of the niceties. Yeah. Um, let's go back to the start. We're going we're gonna to cover as much of the off and on field, when I say on field, all the playing related stuff, so the list changes and yeah, the various bits and pieces that have happened in that regard. But there's been a whole lot of off off field stuff happen as well and I guess since we were last here the big story was the way the whole exiting of the CEO Stephen Trigg sort of kicked off our off season and uh, who wants to kick it off first but it was a shock to me to be honest I thought for three and a half years under Trigg and this regime the footy club was heading in a direction that I think by and large we all thought was pretty good you know we're sort of broadening our perspective. We were becoming more inclusive as a footy club. We were connecting, you know, with the heartland and, um, you know, the women's team had come on board. I think the footy club was heading in the right direction to a large degree. But clearly some of the commercial aspects of what Triggy was doing, particularly from a membership perspective, I think, and one of the major sponsors that fell over, uh, got sheeted home to him. And end of story, see you later. Yeah, I I think those are the two... Well, it sounds well. Have the club actually come out and stated? Not really. No. Okay. So we're speculating as per usual. So I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. The president did come out and say that they wanted somebody with a more um, heavy commercial operations okay. bent, uh, and that maybe wasn't Stephen Triggs' strong So suit. the two areas there is clearly the the career one losing a million dollars out yeah, well, of that. Yep. And. Um, not getting enough members and seeing other teams have 20,000 members more than us. Pretty much it. Yeah, okay. Pretty much it, yeah. That's fine. I don't... If that's the issue and that's their basis on why they don't... They didn't want to go ahead with him, that's... I have no issue with that. Mm. I think what we have the issue with at Carlton or or perceived issue is that for too many years, I reckon they've um, backdoored people. They They... They, they're not transparent. Uh, everything that uh, I guess when this new regime came in said that they're going to be, I think on this matter they probably let themselves down a little and particularly um, uh, Stephen Trigg himself. 
He obviously got wind that there was uh, something going down at the club. He definitely did. Yep. And um, even like on social media, there was things being said. I got mail about a week and a half or so before it came down on him that uh, he was going to possibly get the chop. Now, for a stiff like me to, to find out these things, right, it's it's poor. Mm. It's poor. And it wasn't from you, Andy, mm. by the way. And mm. uh, I'm happy to say that too, just quietly. For anyone who thinks I'm getting it all off Andy, that's, <laughs> that's, not, that's not correct at all. But I think if we can come out of that and learn that we don't want to go down that track anymore of being the, uh, the, the bully type that just react to, uh, I believe, outside interests at the club. I believe that you know there may have been a person or two who tip in a lot of money, who force the issue, who uh, have a bit of influence down at the club, and then on the byproduct of that, they actually have you know they've come down with that particular decision. Have the balls, as the president or as the board, to actually to actually. Uh, Come up with these decisions yourselves, have no outside influences whatsoever, and just have the balls to basically make these decisions uh, on your own, off your own bat, in your own boardroom, regardless of what people outside the club uh, are basically saying about what's going on in the club. I think once they find out that that's the best way to be, um, and it's great for people to tip in money to the club. Um, what are you saying? What are you getting at? What's your? Are you getting? Is there something? Is there a point? Like, is there something about the way they um, di- were threatening to do it that particularly rankled you? Like, that upset you or not? Well, the the fact that I think it was going to come around this time of the year, and then they've brought it forward and reacted pretty quickly, knowing that it was already out there. Uh, there's leaks. There's leaks at the club still. So. Mm. You know, where these leaks are coming from, um, you can make up your own mind where they're coming from. But I just don't like the way he was undermined, Stephen Trick, that is. Um, If you've got an issue with a certain, uh, the way a bloke is um, going about his business, like I've said, I don't have no issue with why they've made the decision. It's how they come to the decision and who they're listening to and basically then doing things that we used to do. Uh, not we, the club used to do in years gone the by. The old Carlton way. The old Carlton Did you, way. Were you worried when you heard, because we all heard the name Simon Lethalone, right? And to my, in the way that it's, well, to, to my knowledge, um, Simon Lethalone was was spoken to in some depth and that there was, um, I don't know whether you'd go as far as to say in principle agreement with Simon Lethalone, that the job was his. Um, in and we'll talk about how that was all scuttled according to the way, you know, the winds that we've have come across our sort of desk, what we've heard about why that didn't happen. But if in fact Lethleen had been approached and given an in principle agreement and that there was an inner sanctum within the Carlton footy club that decided, yeah, we want him. He fits us better. We're just going to go get him and we're going to cut the other bloke off at the knees, irrespective of what he's been doing. We'll come up with some story to spin that, um, but we want this bloke and we'll do whatever it, it takes to get him in. If that was in fact happening, then I was unbelievably worried about that because the old Carlton that you're talking about, Bags, in the Carlton that we grew up barracking for, Gex, it just didn't worry about process, didn't worry about propriety. 
They just did whatever Carlton wanted to do and to hell with the rest. It smacked of that for a while. And I was worried that all of the ground that we'd made for three and a half years that I thought we'd made as a footy club in terms of processes and doing it the right way, going about things the right way, I thought, oh, Jesus, this could, be under, this could all be undone in, in a heartbeat if, in fact, it played out the way a lot of people in the industry thought it was going to play out. And that was trig out, left lean in. If that had happened, I would have lost a lot of confidence in this footy club. Yeah. To, to, my, to my eternal optimism now, I heard that Kate Jenkins in particular got in the way and said, hang on, if we're going to commit to a process of interviewing here, we need to do, we need to do it. We can't just say we're going to do it. We need to do it. And there may have been some misgivings about the, the direction the club was going and whether Simon Lethlin was the right fit at the moment, given why he lost his job at the AFL. Mm. Um, and if, in fact, that is the case, that Kate Jenkins got in the way and said, no, we've got to be better than this, and if, in fact, Chris Judd also joined in and said, no, no, I think Kate's right, we've got to do this the right way, well, we are. This is good. This is good. The, um, my confidence in the genuineness of this footy club uh, is restored. Mm. I'm, I'm, the, the fear that I had for a while there um, disappeared as soon as I heard people telling me that that's what happened in terms of the thwarting of the backroom deal. A mate comes in, you know, fits into a little sort of subsection within the footy club um, and all of the ground that we made up about in terms of, you know, doing the things the right way, um, I think they were ultimately adhered to, which, which, which I like. Well, they will, you know, if they... If anyone at the club listens to that, I'm sure there's going to be a few that would deny that profusely. Of course, they would, and that's fine. That's their uh, that's that's their prerogative. What footy clubs do, mate. But I've got to say that um, the Kate Jenkins, the possible Chris Judds, this is what we're looking for at this club. Mm. We're looking for people who are going to put them on the line, and and basically make correct decisions when they need to be made, and not listen to external influences if they in fact are there just because the power of the dollar sometimes exceeds uh, the power of your brain. Mm. So I, I look, I think in the end the right decision was made. Lethleen would have been a debacle yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yep. I don't care about what he does yep. in terms of his um, what he does on paper. But it, 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 it would have been absolutely diabolical for the club going forward to bring a man like that in uh, at this point in time where we're, you know, we're on this journey, we're re, whatever we're doing, we're restructuring all the rest of it. I believe we would have lost members. Uh, wait, and, just, and also yeah. on the back of that, there's another matter that we want to sp- speak about as well that happened, uh, actually happened, must have happened before the trig. Uh, departure. Yeah. 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 Right. Was the same sex marriage. Just before thing. we get to that, can I just I, I'm one? not saying, I'm, I'm just saying that on the back of that as well, yeah, that yeah, yeah. ruffled a few feathers. We were, I reckon we we're on track to losing members. Oh, I, I, I agree. And mm. that's why that sense of just doing it the right way and doing the right thing was very important. When, when you say a man like him, Simon Lethlin, I know, I know, I know Simon Lethlin a little bit. I don't. Um, I just, he, yeah. he's, Simon Lethlin's a good operator who, oh. made, who made a blue. So, yeah, and fair enough. But He's paid for it. Whether, and and I, I agree with you. I, don't, I just don't think Simon Lethlin was the right fit for us at the time. As it's turned out, he didn't get the job. Kane Little did. I don't, I've never met Kane Little, but everybody I've spoken to from the Richmond Footy Club 
uh, and others involved in the footy industry who know him uh, rate him enormously. Hard worker, tough, um, clear thinker, great strategist in terms of, okay, that's where you want us to go. I know how to get there. You know, he comes up with good plans as to how to get there. So um, Kane Little will reveal himself to the Carlton Football Club over time. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting to know him a bit better as a as a supporter, mm. you know, and we wish him all the very best. And I applaud the club, ultimately, for sticking to the policy of genuine interview and Agreed. going out and casting them totally properly and getting someone in. Now, the marriage equality thing, which in the we've moved on pretty quickly from this as a footy club. I think the three of us were a bit disappointed in the position that the club took. Um, for all of the reasons we've already mentioned, we're trying to be a progressive, inclusive footy club. They put out a statement. No one was asking for Carlton to put out a statement. No one was wanting to know whether Carlton was pro or against, yes or no, what, what its position was. But to put out a statement and say, we have no view, is weak as piss for a start. If you want to be a social, if you want to preach social inclusion and be a leader in the community and you want to have equal rights and you've got a women's team uh, and a lot of the women in that team are gay and you want to be reflective of the you know, modern community and progressive views, then don't say anything or come out and say, we believe everybody deserves an equal go. And if that means um, same-sex marriage, well, it, of course it should be available to everyone. The, the, the um, thing that struck me as being odd was that only a couple of weeks ago, the club took a really strong position as a social advocate against domestic violence. And I applaud them for that. 15 days of activism. Great. We want, that is a great message to be preaching. But why be strong on domestic violence but not be strong on marriage equality? It just makes no sense. Just, and this is, these are the things that, that, and I don't know how many people listening to this podcast give a shit about any of that stuff. They probably don't care. They, mm. Most of them probably want Harry Mackay to kick 50 next year and couldn't give a, couldn't give a stuff about what the, the club's position is on same-sex marriage. But I don't know about you two, but to me, that was important. And um, I think we failed a little bit. No, in fact, I think we failed significantly on the public position we took on marriage equality, which, you know, when you line it up alongside what was happening with the CEO's position, it did it had you worried a bit. Yeah, I've, look, Gex is going to, he's got a fair bit to say. And I don't have a lot to add to what you've just said, Andy. Uh, only I've just got to say, it felt like a bit of a nothing statement. That's all. It was. Go on. You've been, this, you you oh. want to, this is your lead item tonight. Yeah, look, I don't want to go too silly here. But yeah, you do. I guess. No, you do. As far as the club was concerned, it was a watered-down statement. And I guess they were trying to balance uh, the societal concerns against commercial interests and come up with something in the middle. I don't know how well it was debated around the director's table, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty vanilla response by the club. And, look... On social media, people got very silly about it. The media jumped on board because it was a slow news week. And really, it, it was a, a bit of a storm in a teacup, I thought, personally, because for me, it's a root cause analysis thing. And I, I look at a bigger picture here, and that is the fact that the current government, federal actually, state. the federal government, yeah. and basically comes down to a handful of lunatics in the Liberal Party, led by Tony Abbott. Uh, Kevin Andrews and Erica Betts. These people are completely out of touch with modern 
society and any progressive uh, societal uh, movement into the future, they want to stay in the 50s, 60s of the, of the Menzies era. And they think that somehow they're going to hang on by their fingernails and drag everybody down with them. They, they see their power structure as a way and a means to play politics and they don't really care who they throw into the fire. In this case, they have their silly ideologies based around men and women getting married and they decided that they were going to throw the whole country into turmoil by doing this stupid uh, voting thing. So what that does is it becomes a public forum for everybody who wants a two bobs comment, most of whom few uh, aren't in a position to have a comment on the subject because they're not affected by it. So they're led by newspapers and the media and talkback radio and the like. Carlton, unfortunately, become part of this porridge. They're forced to make a statement that they're not really there to do. They're, they're there for their own little part of this, sure, and they play a, a minor role. But you need leadership in these situations, and it was really badly handled. And the people who are affected by this the most are hurt in the process. Um, people speaking about them who have no idea what they're going through and the hurt and suffering that that causes, it's, it's upsetting to me and it's upsetting to a lot of people who don't have the power to speak up for themselves. So, Well, well that's why I wanted my footy club to take a stronger position, but pro... pro I do too, but it's, it's, not, it's not for them to stand up. Well, so well, don't say anything then. Yeah. Don't say anything. I, don't, I didn't, don't I didn't a have st- a massive issue with their statement, to tell you the truth. It wasn't It wasn't negative. It wasn't positive. It was just a middling sort nothing. of statement. It took no position. But, you know, the, the rest of the modern world has moved on and have already covered all of these issues and have voted and allowed these things in nearly every modern developed country. Yeah, well, fortunately, the vote was overwhelmingly yes. And, you know, anybody who took an, an alternate position to it is made to look, you know, stuck in mind in the past. And, and the, the imbeciles that you mentioned from a political perspective, well, they're hanging on by their fingernails and they're losing credibility by the day. So, um, you know, the less we say about those sorts of people, the better. They're, they're just, they're singing, a, they're singing a diminishing, they're singing the same songs as a diminishing chorus and, in 10 or 15 years, they won't have a voice anymore. So, um, you know, sayonara, I say to them. But you know. just understand who is responsible and don't allow these people to continue in their roles. That's the bottom no, line. Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, no, well, that's... You're talking big picture stuff there, Geck, man. We're talking about the Carlton Footy Club and you're taking on yeah, the powers I, I'm of the sorry, I'm sorry about that. Former Prime Ministers of Australia and stuff. But no, no, good. Jesus, this is what this is all about. Um, so anyway, so we've got through that. And in the end, we've come out with a pretty strong position with the CEO. Um, and I think we applaud the footy club for the position it's taken anti-domestic violence. So, so there's all of that. There's been some pretty significant changes, or particularly from an addition perspective to the coaching staff. And I reckon it would be remiss of us not to just touch on the addition from a development point of view in particular. 
Um, Brent Stanton and Jason Davenport joined the footy club. And the one area, I don't know whether you two share this view, but I, I don't know whether historically we've been, and, I, and I, I, the present company is excluded from this comment to a large degree, but I don't know whether we've been, we've been known as a great developer of the talent we bring uh, through the door. Been extremely poor. Extremely poor. I think extremely poor. We're a fail. I, we're a big I, I, fail I over the last 25 years. I would have to say that uh, apart from the fact that we've turned over 40 blokes in the last three years and probably a further 25 in the in the previous three years or whatever it may be, we've turned over a lot, a lot of players now. Massive. More than any other club you, in the last three years by a long you'd way. Ha- you'd have to say that it'd be a far stretch that every one of those players can't play football. Yeah. You know, like you'd have to say if you had a really, really good development um, structure in place that some of these guys probably were not well treated and, you know, weren't nursed in an area where they should have, you know, come on a little bit. Oh, I've got no examples of players I'm talking about, to be honest with you. Well, just go back and have a look um, at first round draft, first and second round draft picks who have come into the club. And haven't, yeah, who just, haven't who taken just their gone footy anywhere. Off, off, oh, yeah. off into the yeah, off, just go into back the through distance. Everyone knows. With the last yeah. 20 years, have a look at the picks that have gone nowhere yeah. with the footy. So, I mean, I'd have to say that's an area that I really, really... Oh, it's a very important uh, area that every club needs to be um, or have. Uh, blokes who know what they're doing. I think it's the most important thing in footy, Gex. I think developing the talent you bring through the door, because they're all coming from the same place by and large. The 18 clubs are getting getting their players from pretty much the same place. It's what you do with them once you get them through the joint that separates, you know, the good clubs from the mediocre. And um, if you don't have good systems in place and you don't have the right people developing the talent, then you're going backwards. So You look at the demographic of our list and the, the vast majority are young adult yep. adults. They're the young kids going into adulthood. That If we're going to have success the core of that success is going to come from that body of men. And in order to fast track that development, we are building a team of football teachers, educators, philosophers even, (laughs) on a way of life, how to look after yourself on and off the ground. You become Buddhist. Are you a Buddhist now? Have you changed since we were last year? Listening to some of these assistant coaches, these are the messages they're actually telling us over the the videos that the, the club are putting out. It's about... Being well-rounded on and off the ground, looking after yourself mentally, physically, having ambition and and being a rounded human being, having a bit of balance in your life and and teaching you all of these good behaviours. And, and that, will, that will give these guys the grounding to become better people and better footballers and be hungry one year after another. It's such a cutthroat business. And... As a profession, you're five, six days a week now. It, it becomes a grind. It has to become a grind. So to have these guys around them that have been there, done that, and can actually pass on that knowledge and prepare them for what's ahead in real terms, not just football-wise, that gives these guys every chance of making a success in themselves. Well, I, I, look, I agree, yeah, but yeah. The, the one thing I have no idea about is whether these two guys are actually... Well, uh, well, Brett Stanton straight out of footy, so he's no. Know, but I'm just saying, we, yeah. you know, we have to sort of see in the next yeah, twelve absolutely. months, eighteen months, yep. two, sure. three years, however long they stay, see whether these guys can actually bring it yeah. for us. No um, doubt, no doubt. Pressure, but on. but yep. 
like, absolutely, the pressure's on, particularly when you've got some of the picks that we've got. And I, I will say something about, you know, high picks that we've had in the last three years. That, that's all good and well. It's just a number next to their name, by the way. Pick 85, pick 67, whatever pick you are, as far as I'm concerned, you're just as valued as pick one or pick seven or pick 10. No as doubt. far as I'm concerned. No it's, you, when you look at the Adelaide side who has no first round draft picks, apparently in the 22 that ran out in the grand final. Um, so, it, so it just emphasizes that like any number that's beside your name, mm. once you come to the club, that's gone. That's wiped off. That's for the night. For, you know, obviously there's an order of pick. Now, at the end of the day, you come in at 85 and you apply yourself and you listen to these guys who are trying to develop you, fast track you, get a good skill set and all the rest of it, you could be just as effective as pick one. Well, of course. And just as, no. as effective. It's, there's no rhyme or reason as to why a, round, oh, sorry, a, a number one pick has to be way much better than pick 85. Oh, other than the fact that there's natural ability. That well, you don't know, Andy. You no, don't know yeah, because no, in true. five years' that, time, in five years' time, who can predict... Who can who can safely predict in five years' time, six years' time, when you're 23, 24, how you were at 18 to what you're going to be at 23? No, that's all true. That's, that's, yeah, that's all true. You know, averages say pick one will be better than 85. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, but I know what but you're talking also, about. But there's also, you know, there's, I mean, Rory Sloan was, what, 40s or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know he's what he's in the about. top six in the competition. Yeah. Well, Cade Simpson was a third-round draft pick, wasn't he? Like, he was 40s. Eddie Betts was a rookie. Yeah, so, you know, I mean... <laughs> it, 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 there what, are examples... What uh, you're saying is yeah, 100% yeah. on the money. Of course it's true. So, and, and that's the great opportunity for every kid Correct. that gets drafted, whether it be through any of the draft portals. Mm. Um, that's the great opportunity that faces. I wouldn't say get on an AFL list. Hey, if they want it and they want to work hard enough and they can get the most... Whatever their skill set is... They get the most out of what they bring, and that's the challenge for the development the development staff. Okay, this is what this guy's good at. Let's make the most out of that, and whatever rough edges he's got, and whatever deficiencies there might be, let's minimise those. Let's make sure that they're not going to hurt him in terms of you know progressing through the ranks. And you hope that Stanton and Davenport know what they're doing. I just whether time will tell. I just like the fact that the club's investing in that area. I think it's a it's a sign that. They're doing it the right way. The, yeah, the trick is as well is balancing the egos of those coaches as well. Like mm. where where do they potentially overlap each other and start? You know, affect, you know, it, one voice is louder than the other and sees them as having ambition to be a, a, a senior coach and maybe he gets too full of himself mm. and drowns yeah, out another bloke. Harmony. You know, yeah, yeah, there, there's going to be there's got to be chemistry amongst those guys to allow other voices in the room and, and to blend in with those rather than be the man, you know. The, and in football, ego is obviously part of the deal. Yeah, no doubt. It's Who's part the of the, the deal. Came in, was David Cam- Teague and Cameron Bruce that come in as assistant coaches. Assistant now, coaches now, now, Teague comes they've, back they've to Carlton. In, they've been in the system highly, for a while. Very highly both rated. Of them. Very highly regarded. Both the, of them. The pair, and they're both young. You know, mm. recently out of the game, so they're not out of touch. They know mm. what pressures the modern game puts upon Young footballers coming in, um, I think they understand the modern players' language, um, and they both come on the up. They're both hungry. They're both aggressive coaches. Um, by that I mean they want success. Mm. They mm. want their players to be better. They want to take games on in terms of set up and 
structure from what I can gather. Well, I've spoken to people about both of them. They both are very, very highly rated in terms of the organisations they come out of. So, Onwards you know, and upwards, mate. Exactly. Just on that, just one word on Dennis Armfield, who you know we'll get to in a moment when we talk delisting. So I'm not going to talk about it from a player. Dennis Armfield... I don't. We don't know the true, sto- the the real stories, you know, and they're for other people to tell. But Dennis Armfield, I'm told, um, obviously did work with the women's team last year and wanted to get into a, a development area at the footy club as well. You know, sort of maybe a bit of development skill work, but personal growth, personal development area. Now, look, I've met Dennis. I like Dennis. Um, I think from what I know of Dennis Armfield, he's got a lot to bring to a club when he retired, was I told that he wasn't going to be required anymore as a player, I think he was at the assumption that a position would open up for him. And um, he was told, my understanding is that he was told, well, you're going to have to apply and you're going to have to go through the interview process like everybody else. And there's the no guarantee. or a men's position? Whatever position might have been available to no, him. No, but they, you just yep. said that they, he had to apply. All positions that were that he was potentially going to be... I think he wanted to straddle the men's and the women's and have a development role, with a personal development role within the footy club. Um, I don't know exactly what yeah, position yeah, he's yeah. gunning for, oh, but yeah. um, I'm told he was asked to apply for it. Maybe that's fair enough. Maybe these things, this is the way of the modern. And I'm one minute I'm saying, you know, earlier on in the pot, I'm saying like a one process. Yeah, and yeah. maybe that's what I'm talking about here. But um, I'm not sure Dennis Armfield was made to feel overly, uh, what's the right word? Welcome's the wrong word, but enthusiastic about the prospect that there'd be a job for him if he put his hand up. And in the end, there wasn't one for him. So um, I feel like I somehow, I just, in the back of my mind, I feel like there's a loss to the footy club there somewhere or somehow. I'm not sure. I'm ha- I stand to be corrected. I'm happy for someone at the footy club to tell me why it all happened and that, no, no, you're whistling Dixie. You've got him wrong. And uh, this is the reason we've gone down the road. We went with him, but... Um, you know, we've spoken on this podcast often about Dennis Armfield and um, we are full of admiration for what he, I think I speak on behalf of all of us in yeah, terms definitely. of what he got out of himself. Oh, 100%. I, 100%. Was... I mean, I can't, I can't, you know, denigrate that side of him. It's a bit hard to comment about what you're trying to allude to for me because I don't know the situation from an outsider looking in. Looks to me as if he would have been an acquisition for the ladies' side, knowing that he'd worked with them this year. Mm. I thought he would have had a bit of heads up. I thought he would have made, perhaps had made some uh, internal relationships with some of the players oh, there. No doubt, no I, doubt. I think you know that would have been an advantage. The fact that they didn't go ahead with him, I don't have any idea what that would be about. No, no, <laughs> no idea at all. Okay, so he headlines. I'll, I'll go through. So players that have come off the list. This is. Oh, most, can I just add to that? Yeah. Right. If anyone wants to have a punt, right? They're betting five dollars the, the the Carlton ladies side to win the flag. Mm. I suggest you jump on. How's your how are you going from a punt punting perspective? Terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> so and you. if you've got fifty to lend me to have a bet, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to take that too. Right. Okay, so let's look. At least at you're the, not going to get a biased track. Let's yeah. have a look <laughs> at the players who have uh, been delisted and retired. You know, it's, well, I think we're splitting hairs in terms of how blokes have gone off the list. But I'll just run through the. I'll run through the list, and everyone knows who they are, but we'll just put it out there for you know posterity. And any of these players that either of you two want to talk about, feel free to make your comments at the end. The D-listings were Armfield, Bokehurst, Buckley, who's gone to GWS, obviously Gallucci, Jax, Palmer, Sheehan, Smet, Sumner, White, with a couple of retirements. 
uh, Dan Goring and Matt Korchek. Um, were you surprised about any of them at the end of the day? Uh, not, not really. No, not at all. To be honest with you, um, Kieran, Kieran Sheen hip injury after you know he was riddled with injury. I, I you know, any I think twenty seven years of age. Yeah, no, just the body I think it just down. wasn't yep. wasn't no. working out for him. Billy Smets, in my opinion, wasn't hard enough. I think they saw him. Uh, actually, to be honest with you, okay, the Billy Smets one, I might be a little bit surprised with because he came in for one year. Mm. They saw enough. That was the end of it. Um, I actually thought he had two years, but he obviously only had one. So that one was a small surprise to me. I thought he might have been able to get one more year. Don't know. Simon White, well, in- injury prone, and we've got a plethora of backmen, so yep. I can see what happened there. Uh, Dennis Armfield retired. Um, Bokehurst, well, Bokehurst, you guys might want to elaborate on him. You might have thought he's a tad stiff. Or <laughs> he was training with the squad up until a few weeks ago, so maybe he was told he was a rough chance of being picked up as a rookie. Okay. But you don't want to elaborate. On I'll tell you there, what I heard. I'll tell you what I heard. So that's what happened, right? We're going to have to delist you, but we liked what you did on occasions this year. We'd like to potentially keep a spot open for you. And again, I stand to be corrected. If somebody from the club wants to tell us that my account of the affair and events is different, then I'm happy to be corrected. But um, there's a spot open for you. We'd like you to come back and train, and we'd like to have a look at you, and um, we'll make an assessment when it comes to final list lodgement. Uh, no worries, says Bokehurst, I'm not sure he was 100% happy about it, but he said, no problems, I'll cop that and I'll be back here. Day one, one to four, year players. That's the day we want you back. No worries, he says. He goes back to his native Perth for a bit of a break, catch up with the family. Uh, The training season, the preseason starts on a Monday morning. As it's put to me, um, Blaine Bokehurst on the Sunday was at a music festival in Perth. As you well know, Gecko music festivals are long and taxing days, and uh, they, you know, become a bit alternative uh, on occasions and uh, whatnot. Uh, Blaine Bokus got on the red eye that night, f- straight from the music festival. Mm. Flew back to Melbourne on the red eye. Got back to Melbourne at four thirty or five o'clock, whatever time the red eye touches down. Straight to the footy club. Bit dusty for training. Mm. That's a fair prep. Yeah. So. Something I reckon not, something I would have done. If you're going to hit the ground running on day one and really want to make a point Please. that I am razor sharp, and I'm going to blow these, I'm going to blow every single one of these one to four year old, one, four year players out of the water. Mm. I'm going to make it impossible for you not to give me a spot on that list. I'm not sure he did himself any favours from day one. I'm not sure he did any any favours for himself uh, across the board, not just at Carlton. You reckon a story like that wouldn't have got out? I think. And uh, and other oh, clubs, true, and other yeah, clubs completely so, bypassed yeah, for him. The last, Just a goose, mate. For Seriously. the last 12 months, this is all we've been talking about. The, the professionalism, uh, how You've hard are you prepared to, to go to, to make the most of your career. I was talking about maybe doing a bit of strengthening work pre-season, mm. but get your body up yep. stronger and better. And I've seen pictures of some of the guys that did come back at the start, at the end of October, early November. Uh, looking spicko when yep. they've walked onto yep. the track. Pulse looks yep. unbelievable. Yeah. So, yep. you know, I, if, it, yeah, mm. I, I have no sympathy. No. No. Look, all no. I suggest to that fellow there is go back to Perth, play in the waffle if you get a game at the waffle, bust your nuts for the whole 12 months, and who knows, maybe you might get another gig like a... Um, 
Garland. A Gartlett or something like well, that. Well, Nick Holman. Or Nick Holman. Or Nick Holman. We'll have a chat about later. Yeah, exactly. So that's him. I don't think the list manager was a fan of him anyway, just quietly. Uh, Reese Palmer, I think the game went past him. <laughs> oh, based on what we saw last <laughs> year. Why I just threw that in anyway? <laughs> I, uh, I think that's pretty important, by the way. Yeah. I think oh, if the well, manager shit, doesn't like you, you've got much yeah, chance. Yeah, Reese Palmer, definitely the yeah. game went past. Uh, I'm going to touch on three blokes. There's a, a court check, just not up to it. <laughs> no. Nah. Uh, Christian Jacks, I think we spoke at Nausea this great year. Just, yeah. just no, yeah. Yeah, hopeless. Um, Buckley. Gets another gig at the Giants. Did you think he might have been able to hang on? I was surprised to hear it personally. Okay, there you go. So he's and the one I, that... I, yeah. I, I, I really hope he, he makes it. Mm. I really do, because he's a genuinely good bloke from all reports. Yeah. We brought in a couple of blokes, I think, who we'll get to in a moment, yeah. who are just going to go past him. You know, that's the fear. You know, that's yeah. the fear. That's where I was yeah. alluding. I mean, yeah. how's he going to break and, into the yeah. GWS team? Like, you look at them uh, and you think, uh, where's his? Where's it might he be just a play? shot at the stumps, geeks. It's like a lot of clubs these yeah. days. They just have this like, if this happens to him or him, we've got him possibly who could fill a hole. They did it with um, yeah, Matt Mazungu DeBoer. and Matt DeBoer. DeBoer in a plane. Yeah. 15, yeah, no, yeah, I don't enough, know if that's know. the way. I'd no, personally look, be doing things if yeah. I was GWS. Hey, we're all barracking for him, right? We oh, all, yeah, we're everybody around this yeah, table. Absolutely. And everyone who loves him. Yeah, I'd be wrapped for him if yeah. he if he Yeah, I just think that the last two years has been pretty ordinary for him and I reckon it would have to be a massive, massive form reversal. We'll talk about Gibbs in a second too, but the three guys I want to just briefly mention is Gorringe, Sumner and Galooch, uh, Galucci. Now, uh, our list manager Sauce, uh, he's he brought those three players in since he's been at the club, and I think I take my hat off to him for you know bringing these three guys in, having a look at them, and then saying no, no, not much chop. That's spot on. They're, they're, mate. You know, we, we we made a little. Well, I'm not going to say they made an error. I mean, because you know, Gorringe and Gallucci would have cost you nothing. Sumner came in a package, I think, anyway, with about four or five yeah, players that too. time. Yep, yep. So they might have thought, well, well, we'll give these guys a go. Let's have a look. But straight away, after a year or two, they've made a decision. Nah, see you later. We need better talent than this. And I think it's great that the list manager and his team have reacted to players that they've actually brought into the club immediately yeah, it's and a good said, point. bang, see yep. you later. Yeah, good point. We're, we're ha- we'll bring him in and we'll boot you back out again if you don't meet our requirements. Yeah, I'm ha- yeah that's so, a really good point, I reckon. But uh, And then the Gibbs thing, well, if you want to let... Look, for me personally, I'm... I've got to be careful how I say this. To say that I'm stoked and wrapped that he's gone from the club is incorrect in that way. I'm happy about bringing in pick 10. The timing. Oh, uh, and the deal, know, mate. The deal. The, the, the deal's unbelievable. Kennedy comes in. Lang comes in. We get an extra second round draft pick next year. So all this hmm. fested itself in the last couple of hours of trade. and Everybody's happy. Bel- Everybody was happy yeah, out of ex- the deal too. Well, that's true. yes. No, the that's clubs true. themselves would be. But there's and obviously the a lot of people out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you're right. But I'm just saying that there would be a lot of people listening who be saying, nah, we should not have got rid of this bloke. He's a champ. He's this and he's that and all the rest of it. As far as I'm concerned, he's a good player. He's not a champion. He's not a champion of the Carlton Footy no. Club. At the end of the day, he's not. No, he's not. He's not a champion of the Carlton no, Footy Club. I, I would never no. use he, the he's term He's a good champion. player. Yep. He's a really good player. The last good champion football. we had was Chris Judd. 
And I can't remember one since, really. Cade Simpson. I reckon Cade Simpson's a champion in the Carlton Oh, yes, I would agree with that, actually. I would say that he is. I eat those words and and retract that statement. I don't want to be too difficult and half on about the Gibbs thing. And, yeah, it'll be a little bit uh, hard to watch him play in an Adelaide jumper. But, you know what, 10 years, he gave good service, played 250-odd games. But at the end of the day, he never made an All-Australian. Only the one best and fairest. Don't think he placed all that many times either. Um, a little bit much maligned at times. And I'm not quite sure if he was the type of player who actually gave his all every single time he went out, out onto the ground. Now, you know, well, I'm going to cop a bit of heat, but I don't, I don't care. I mean, I believe that, you know, a player like that, I had extremely high hopes for mm. when he first came. People told me he was the best thing to come out of Adelaide for a long, long time. I think he might have come to a club that probably, had he has had his time again, it, he probably would have been a better player in a better club. No doubt. So I'm giving him an out there. Listen, the fact that we got the same deal, by and large, a year later mm. than was offered when the field deal first came to the table. Couldn't believe it. And That's we, what and I meant by time. Yeah. And oh, we got, we got, we got, totally. we got, we got arguably, the, in terms of putting everything on the table week in, week out... I reckon we probably got as good a year as Bryce Gibbs has ever had at the footy club Last out of two. the bloke. Yep. So he goes, he leaves the Carlton Football Club, head held high. Um, great regard, I think, from everyone at Carlton. Um, what we get back for him is another brick or two in the wall for what we're building. Bryce wasn't part of our future. He's part of Adelaide's present. They need him enormously. They might need him more <laughs> next year if... Rory Sloan comes back to St Kilda like, or comes back to play for St Kilda like everybody's saying he will. Uh, Bryce might, might become extremely important to Adelaide. So um, it's remarkable. that the, And you know what? You talk about the list manager. Credit to him. He, I don't think he blinks, this bloke. I think he plays it tough and uh, he's not going to take any kind of – he's not going to play games with anyone. He's, when he stands his ground, Silvani, he stands his ground. And uh, he – this was – I think this was – I'm not saying it was all one-way traffic. I'm not saying Carlton had pulled the rug out from Adelaide, Adelaide's feet, from under Adelaide's feet. But that is a great piece of um, list management and, and brinksmanship. And I think, he, I think he got the points, Silvani, um, and credit to him. I reckon uh, Soss, since he's been back at Carlton, has just about reached every objective at every draft period – as far as planning and executing exactly what, Quite, he, yeah. what he wanted to do. Yep, yep. And he's probably got a little bit more than what he wanted for plan and execution as well. Like the Darcy Lang would have been a bit of cream on the cake. Garlet would have been a bit of cream on the cake. They wouldn't have expected those. Maybe Garlet because they did talk to him at the start of the year apparently. But They wanted Darcy Lang last year. I was just going to say. Yeah. They wanted him last year yeah. uh, and we ended up getting uh, Billy Smith, I think. Hmm. Uh, was it? Yeah. yeah, I think we've got Billy. Yeah. But we got him this year yeah, yeah, yeah. for effectively pick. It's a swap at fourth round. Oh, I think it was picks. like pick 52. Oh, no, it's, it's, it, was, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was It was unbelievable how yeah, we got yeah, him yeah. through fourth the door this year. Yep. Yep. Now, I don't know exactly you know, how good a player Darcy Lang is. I suppose he's a little bit untapped. But I'll say there's there's three players now on our list um, Bam Bam Kennedy, Paddy Dow, <laughs> and, and Lockie O'Brien. Poten- and potential is a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, go potential. on. Picked out good Potentially, notes. those three there uh, will be 
equally as good, if not if not better than than a Bryce Gibbs. You'd, you'd think at least what, one of them individually. Gonna... Like you're saying, Matt Kenny's going to be a better player than Bryce Gibbs, potentially. Potentially. Yeah, it's, I hope he is. Jeez, I hope he is. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you that well, different players. I look the way. at it. I look different at different players. Yeah, I look at it alternative. I look at it slightly differently. And we mentioned this. I think at the start of the whole podcast when we started, you know, over a year ago now. Just look at the players that have come in yep. compared to the players that have gone out. Mm. That, that just do that. Yeah. Just look at the players that have come in v those that have gone out, and ask yourself: To your eye, do we look? Do they look like a better list of players than the ones that have gone out? And to my way of thinking, and maybe I'm glass half full and whistling Dixie, and there goes another unicorn and whatever. But they they just are to me. Oh, they're they're if, better players. If, if, look, and the age profile. This mate, is the other thing about mate, him. On a different on a different podcast, you can pit them up player for player against um, the ones that went out. And if you if you pit, if you went player for player, mm. if you picked out a player, the position he played, and you picked one that came in, I would just about say, well, I'm pretty sure, I'm looking at them now, they, they absolutely outweigh what's going on. Oh, I've got no doubt they do. And Gibbs is the no only doubt. one that stands yeah, out. Yeah, it's yeah, the one yeah, that we're going to yeah, lose yeah. out of for right now. Yeah, For exactly. the interim. For the interim. But, you know, <laughs> you hit, you never know. You never know. You never know. Like Paddy Dan might be a superstar. Ne- um, but, but the other thing knows? is, the other thing is that you know Sam Petrescu seat next year oh, well, yeah. might be super elite. You know Zach Fisher might jump through the Charlie Kerno. Paddy Cooks comes in and plays like Dave Fisher, Cunningham. You never know. You never Mate, know. There's a plethora there now. So Matty Loby for fifth round. We trade a couple of picks for the Western Bulldogs, which helped us get Kennedy. Uh, I think we end up with a future second round pick out of that as well. So, you know, well done in terms of all of that. Then we get to the drafts. Now, this is sight unseen, most of them. But Paddy Dow, blue chip, absolute blue blue chip. Explosive. I love the fact that the three, it's like the old zone days. Three of our five picks in the Bendigo. national draft came from Bendigo. Mm. I, I don't know whether, mm. but that, I just, I, I loved it. I love the fact that we. It's amazing. Yeah, I wonder if there's any, is that just. Golden square. Is it, would there be any. I wouldn't have thought so. There's no thought behind that? I don't just, think just, so. The cards just I reckon it had something to do with it because they are best yeah. mates. Oh, oh, that's a fact. Dow no, and O'Brien went to yeah. grammar school together yeah, that's and an boarding school. So they, they, they're in each other's bloody sleeping yep. bags yep. over there. No, that, that's a point. Um, the two that are, the two that are, with all due respect, Angus Shoemaker, who does come in at 70 and you never know, and we wish him all the very best and welcome Absolutely. to the footy club, young fella. But the two that I'm really interested in are Tom DeConning, the Ruckman, and Jared Garlett. Now, Garlett's a first-round pick when he gets picked up by the Gold Coast Suns. Pick 14 or 15. Or so he's elite talent. Mm. Family issues. He said what he said. Mm. I don't think he wanted to necessarily pot Gold Coast when he said what he said the other day, but it was certainly seen as a dig at the Gold Coast Suns for not providing him the support that he wanted. I don't think he's a diplomat. I think Jared Garlett's just one of these kind of quiet... Young fellas, when he gets asked a question, he's going to I answer like, it. I like the way he conducts himself. I love the way he answered the question yeah, straight yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. I loved it. He's and, he's good. And he's you can tell now, I don't reckon he would have even been able to answer that question four years ago. He's just grown up a little bit now. Absolutely. He's got a, he's elite, a mature man. He's yeah. elite talent. And again, at pick 78, you said throw it to stumps. Oh. Have a shy, mate. Oh. Like, why wouldn't you? When you're dealing with a kid that's got that much ability... You roll the dice with it. This is another Jared Pickett. Mm. This is Jared Pickett. Uh, uh, well, not necessarily. If you listen to what um, Gartlett said in his interview, he basically said, "I like running off the halfback." Oh no, I'm not talking I can about go through the middle. Yeah, I'm not I can talking go about up forward. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I'm not talking about the type of player. Uh, I'm just quality. saying elite talent that hadn't been realised for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. And you give it yeah. another go. Big and upside. You, you do it the right way. Yeah. And you do get the yeah. best out of him somehow. <laughs> well, you, know? you know, like, he's... Uh, I watched his highlights reel. And obviously, everyone's highlights reel is going to be <laughs> good. Be good. Uh, and it was good. But I, I can't remember the commentator. It was either Jonathan Brown or Alistair Lynch or Brereton. One of those three. Who All three obviously know their football, um, they said, oh, gee, I really like this kid. This was back when he was yeah, playing yeah, at yeah. Gold Coast yeah. in that first 17 games that he played. So for them to see something in that kid back then, there's one thing, you, you don't lose your talent. Mm. You don't lose it. He, he will gain that talent back again. It's the application and, and does he like Carlton? You know, The boys get around him, the coaches. The whole atmosphere he has to... to to blend in with him, for him to actually be something. But listening to a few and reading a few comments, uh, I think I think it was Gary Bacanara, who, again, is pretty good. You, would you rate him? Oh, yeah, I don't have any reason not to. Yeah. Yep, yep. He said he could be the steal of the, um, <laughs> of the, uh, the How draft. Many, did he only say that about one player? Or he said well, that about a few? Mm, he, <laughs> he only, well, he did. Look, he mentioned him and... Um, Obviously, O'Brien and now, but he didn't say that was steel. Oh, he actually said O'Brien was a bit of a steal at 10, which is interesting. The Ruckman's the one I'm interested in. I, if I was a recruiter, I'd never take a Ruckman at the yeah, National Yeah, you draft. have said that. I'd never do it. No, he, no, they, but, they'd take a long time to develop, <laughs> and you can just go and cherry pick them from other clubs, you know. So, but I spoke to a bloke at another club. In fact, another bloke rang me from one of the head recruiters from another club, successful club, not in Victoria. And said, and I said, tell me about, and he goes, oh, mate, massive upside, huge X factor, head in the clouds a little bit, needs to just sort of get a harder edge to him. Not that he's not competitive as a player, just understand what it takes to be an AFL player. But when the, when the ducks all line up for this kid, he could be anything. And he's not, I always thought, I was of the, the understanding that he was a pure ruckman. Well, he's not. He's, a, he's very much a ruck forward hybrid, amazing athleticism for a six foot seven player. Um, and so clearly Silvani and his team have identified uh, that they're worth, he's worth taking a punt on with a third round pick. That's not a shot at the stumps, by the way. No, no, that's I'm not a shot. Not, no, we pick 30. I'd, that's, yeah, that is, I that's a, said that, but I, I don't, yeah, I, I think it's actually really good planning for the future I agree with in that terms too. of like, yeah sustained success yep. like we know Cruz has his issues from time to time with injury and touch wood that he doesn't and we know that Phillips has had a wretched run with injuries the two years mm. he's been at Carlton uh, Loeb is obviously the third man there for uh, backup, uh, backup. Mm-hmm. and you've got obviously Casbolt who chips in and so uh, the kid obviously is not going to get any ruck work in the first year or two I wouldn't have thought no I wouldn't have thought so no. but but you know in three or four years' time, you've got someone at your list who you can develop. And he's potentially right. elite talent. Potentially. Yep. And um, I think it's not a bad uh, Yeah, I like uh, it. Plan I like one. it. Not I a like bad the, plan, that the, one. I, I wouldn't have done it myself. Yeah. I'm a bit like you, Andy. I, I think you can probably uh, pinch Ruckman from other clubs from year to year. Mm. There's always a club with a second or a third stringer that you can probably pinch. You know, a la Sydney's done it. Oh, they're um, all over the joint. Yeah. Hawthorne's done it. Richmond's yeah. done it. Yeah. You know, everyone seems to pinch these guys left, right, and centre. Let so, someone else do the development but, work, you know. But 
I don't mind it. And I think maybe your point about um, uh, him being a forward might put the wind up a couple. One or, yeah, one or two. Yeah. Other yeah. rangy types who, you know, we're looking to develop. Um, so that's the national draft. We picked up Aaron Mullet free. Now, I'm going to put three blokes together here. I'm going to put Mullet, O'Shea, and Matt Shaw in here together. They're all... Um, based on what we've seen so far, defenders, uh, particularly Shaw and Mullet are more rebounding. Shaw can probably push more genuine midfield when he needs to and has done in the past. But the, the club's clearly, and what a stroke of uh, fortuitous genius it is now with Sam Doherty going down with a knee. Suddenly we have, we have this vast array of players who can fill that defensive midfield, halfback flank running coverage type defender we've got him in spades all of a sudden mm. and we're going to need him I, I think all of these guys are going to have their fluctuations in form none of them are Sam Doherty's but together hopefully we're going to have enough of them in form throughout 2018 that they can complement you know Cade Simpson Kieran Byrne Tommy Williamson and they can play their role when required I, I feel comfortable for at least 12 months we're not going to get Sam Doherty type output from any of them. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but th- they all become, you know, valuable list players. And with mature age bodies they too. Are too. Mm. Yeah. So you need yeah. you need that. We don't have that physical presence yet with the kids. So we, we need to complement them with as many, you know, up and running seasoned veterans, not veterans, but yeah, mature age AFL players. players. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, look, it's obvious. It's silly to say that any one of those players will fill the role of, of Doherty because Doherty was a general with Simpson. Yep. They played yep. in tandem. But um, you're right in saying that those guys can at least, you know, if they break square or um, at least contribute, uh, you know, whoever it may be, it's going to be a range of them. A lot of them will get a run through yep. there. Yep. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm not happy the fact that Doherty you know, did his knee, um, but. I can sort of see what you're saying there, yeah. They just, they're just, I think they've got a role to play at the footy club. We had another Irishman to the list, Killian McDade. We wish him, obviously, all the best. Um, we'll watch him with a great deal of interest develop mm. and, um, you know, and, yeah, we hope he has a long and distinguished footy career at the at, a career at the footy club. So, I think um, Cam O'Shea is the... the well, the, he, the, isn't that nice? But I, I just reckon that's yeah. the kind of story that you don't mind reading from time to time. Mm. A guy who was deep... Delisted from yep. Port Adelaide? Yep. Picked up. He was a Northern Blues listed. Absolutely he was. Northern Blues listed player. Thrown out of the, the AFL system's uh, push. He, he, he he's earned his promotion to yeah, that guy. No, 100%. Yep. He, 100%. He, had a, he had a stellar season How many games did we year? go and see this year in the yep. reserves? And he was an absolute, well, apart from Jonesy when he was playing in the reserves, Cam O'Shea was a standout. Super consistent. Absolute standout. Intercept mark, read the play well, understands the game. Bit of a general, directs players. Um, great to see him get another gig. Yep. And, um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a good it's, story, that one. And he'll be hungry. Mm. He'll do whatever it takes to, sure. you know, if he gets a look at Absolutely. it and he's in the side, he'll be a hard man to dislodge, you'd reckon. Um, so the other bits and pieces just we need to touch on, you know, the Doherty knee. I, 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 I caught up with Sam uh, at a golf club a few weeks before he did the knee. And I'd never really met Sam Doherty before. Uh he was, you couldn't walk away from him more impressed. He was, he's a decent man. 
he understood the position that, you know, particularly with Gibbsy going, the position that he was sort of assuming within the framework of the footy team and he's ready to take it on. Um, he wasn't over the top. He wasn't, um, he wasn't cocky, but he was, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll show a few, you know, we'll show a few. We're, we're, mm. we're a bit more down the track than people think we are. And, you know, we, we reckon we're going to have the 12 months of real development in us, but watch it, watch after that. And I'm ready to play my role. And I think he was assuming that he was going to take on a more senior role within the team. So not, it, not midfield. And think, midfield. Oh, no, I think you he was expecting I think no, they were definitely yeah, going to that was going push to him down that path. Yep, yep, yep. So it comes at a terrible time for him because he was ready off the back of his All-Australian year to, you know, become a, a real, like, frontline elite player in the AFL. The only positive, and tell me whether I'm dreaming here, you two, but I think we've got another 12 months of development in us, right? I think it's 2019 when really we should be expecting this team to start turning seven or eight wins into 11, 12 wins. And then the year after, maybe, you know, in a good year, you pinch a spot in the eye. Mm. So 19 is the year I've earmarked and a lot of people have. So as much as we want him playing every single game between now and the end of his career, if he's going to miss a year, I'd rather it be 2018 than any of the next seven or eight thereafter. That's a no-brainer. It goes without saying, oh, right? It's a no-brainer. So in terms of that, there's an upside to be gained from this because sure. there's going to be development put into two or three other players yep. that when Doherty comes back, we're going to be in a significantly better position in terms of having given games to these players that mm. you know we don't even know about yet, some of them, um, that might otherwise not have got a game. The responsibility has to be shared around too now. Like mm. There's an element of, oh, well, Doc's here, you know. He'll cover He'll do us. the job, exactly. Because you know how good he is. He's sort of that 1% or 2% of being comfortable around him. But yep. now you're going to have to actually carry the load a bit more this year. So that's going to accelerate development from a leadership point of view, yep. a responsibility point of view. And, and I think some of our guys, you know, weedering types, the, the, these guys are ready to take that on, I reckon. Oh, there's I a handful of them. Yeah, Marchbank, well, Plowman, Plowman, Weedering, Plowman. Yeah. The coach talks McCready, really highly of Plowman in that, McCready, in that, in that yep. area. McCready, yep. yeah. um, Doherty, uh, obviously, this this year, I, I'd venture to say he's going to spend a fair bit of time in the coach's box. I so, would think that would so be right, yep. a, you get that um, perspective from a player who's now in the coach's box and... You know that that might actually teach the player, uh, sorry, the coaches a little bit about how he sees the game. Mm. Being a player who's actually played with these players and can see, maybe see things that they may not see. Mm. Yeah, true, Possibly. absolutely. You know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. No, no doubt yeah, about that. Because he'll know he's he'll know his backman backwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He won't be wasted. Cade Simpson, um, we touched on him That's before. Fantastic. His performance wearing the Australian jumper was superb. Like, so, uh, just, just go back a step. He's he's having a holiday, <laughs> yeah. and he gets a phone call. Gets a call, yeah. Mike, do you mind jumping on a plane and yeah. coming to play for your country? Yeah. And he just said, "Yeah, no worries." And bad luck, bad luck about his partner being <laughs> left in the lurch, but oh well, yeah, you know, they'll get a holiday. <laughs> there'll be, they'll there'll be plenty of days for that. <laughs> just magnificent, you know. And he, I, I still don't think that he gets the credit he deserves external to the footy club. And I know the numbers weren't huge in terms of people watching that, but I guarantee you there'll be people who watch those two games um, and they'll have a greater respect for Cade Simpson. 
because he was just he was magnificent. He was flawless and so well, this is the second to, second year in a row, row that yep. he's actually starting that yep. in that environment. Yeah. So maybe he's got a few trials. Oh, I'm a massive fan of the international rules, always have been. It it it's been treated with varying uh seriousness from the AFL and there's been some underprepared teams, there's been some poorly selected teams, uh and there've been some potentially you could say disasters in the in the running of the event mm. over the history of it. But when it has been organized correctly with the right personnel selected and those personnel coached properly with the right mindset about representing their country and taking on board all of those positives, when it's being played in those light, it is it is truly a really nice game to watch. It's easy to watch. It's I, still, the players don't even know the rules, mate. Like it's, I, no, but that's, the players don't know the rules. If, if you, I watch both games, yeah. and all so, the players were genuinely wrapped. Yeah, because they're getting a trip to New York next year. No, but two years time. It's not. It's not about that. I think it's got a lot to do with that. Too All right. Much. All right. Well, everything Noah's saying down the I'm, barrel I'm, of the I'm camera, being, yeah. I was misreading I'm, because no. to me it looked like they were so proud men. I'm being slightly cynical about this, um, but I agree. the The game is watchable. If for me, if you're going to have a representative game every two years or representative series every two years, and the clubs are on board and the players want to play, you have state of origin at the same weekend. Just have state of origin. No, Play state that's of, a different thing, though. Well, no, it's not. It's a representative game of footy, and it's 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 every two years. And it, it, there's more incentive for a player to wear an Australian jumper than representing their state. There's more represent. There's more. There's more. I, I 100% guarantee you that if there was no prospect of an international trip there would be no incentive to wear, very oh, okay. little incentive to wear the Australian jumper. If, if it's that cynical, then I, I just feel like I'm being used then. Okay, I feel dirty. Do you? Where do you sit on this? Oh, I don't. I'm not a fan of yeah, the no, um, international rules. No, that, that's I, just I've enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed it. I'm not putting the game, by the way. I think the game's watchable, but I don't think it means anything. I see it the passion nothing, from both teams, and I see how much the Irish desperately want to beat us every time they play, yeah, and I just, I, I just love the competition. Would, I love the competition. I just yeah. think it's worth worth going Very forward nice. with. Good mm. on you. What's um, your... Uh, Oh, sorry, you had something else? Uh, I was just going to give Nick, Nick Holman a pat on the back. Yeah, 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 go for it. That's it. Well, no, yeah, well, well, I was... In, I actually thought he was um, well, a fraction stiff when he got delisted. Um, I actually thought he... Oh, I actually thought he was going okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I don't think... We were searching for players back then, weren't we? Like, yeah, we were, we were hanging thought, on to thought, anything. I thought our midfield was really poor back then. I thought he mm. could have helped in that year. But anyway... He gets another gig. Where's he going to? Um, uh, Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Yeah. So we wish him well, right? Yeah. Good luck to him. He's yeah. done the, he's done the right thing. He did the same as you know? Cam O'Shea. Yep. He goes yep. out yep. of the system, yep. whatever, plays yep. well, gets back picked up uh, back in the system. Now, Billy Gower's got a gig too somewhere. He did. Western Bulldogs. So he yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Mel- that. Yeah, yeah, he went... He went to Footscray. Yeah, he did. He yeah, did. He in he the VFL. Well, yes. Okay, shaking his head. Say it. He's been rookied by the Western Bulldogs. He's obviously a slow developer. He can um, kick a football. I know that much. Yeah, he can. He but played for Port Melbourne this year. Yeah, right. Um, oh, they might no, have. Yeah, Footscray, okay. didn't he? Who? He played in the VFL for Footscray. Oh, I thought he played for... No, I thought he played. Did he? Did they oh, have I'm thinking of Rainbow, aren't I? Yeah. Did, Rainbow played for Port Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, he played Melbourne. for Port. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they play in the final against each other, uh, Port Melbourne? I don't know. And, uh, I don't know. Don't yeah, okay. Well, he went to Footscray then. Yeah. 
or Richmond or someone like that. <laughs> no, no, no. No, he's been, yeah. he's been down there the, okay. all year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. right. He played with uh, Jordan Russell. So he's a Footscranian. Yeah, that's Is right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He definitely, yeah, yeah. I'll watch that game, yeah. Runner-up in the Carlton, best and fairest. No, he, went, he must have had a good year. And, and who's picked him up? Footscray. What's supposed to pick you up? <laughs> okay. How many night shifts in a row have you done? No, too many. <laughs> right. uh, now, just your overview feel of, like, what do you think, uh, where we're at with our list over you know the whole overview of it in a oh, broad I think, sense i think we've set it up really well for the mm. next few years mm. uh the blend of players and the types of players we have on our list and and i think they've definitely uh locked in on character of the individual as well because every time i hear these guys talk uh and and show who they are they come across as really good guys true and that's hard to hide. I, I, I don't know. Look, it, some guys can play the used car salesman really well and paint a nice veneer, but these guys genuinely look like they're, they're well-rounded individuals. But as far as our list is concerned, I see the next generations of mids, um, Kennedy, Polson, SBS, Cunners, uh, complementing the Cripses and the Eds, Ed Kernos, Murphys and, and Kerridge types. And, you know, Charlie Kerno, Pickett, Garlett, Lang can all complement them at various stages with Wright and those guys. And the outside brigade now is starting to flourish too. You get Fisher, Garlett, Willow, Byrne, Shaw, Long and Mullet sort of adding to that category as well. So we've got a bit more outside game evolving. Um, so, look, I, I just see it as complementary. We're certainly adding on to previous years and I think our, our, our depth is increasing. I can't believe what the what they've done in three years. Mm. Um, I think there's been about 40... 42, I think. 42 have gone from the club. Some have been um, delisted. Some have um, gone to other clubs. Um, the fact that we've got about 20 players who've played less than 30 games of footy um, and some of the... Well, most of those are players that we rate highly. Yep. And they're they're going okay at the moment. Some haven't played a game, but I just I just see the list now. Whereas I reckon there would would have been about a dozen, maybe fifteen players who would have been playing week in week out, pretty comfortable with themselves, pretty safe with their positions in the side, not really getting any pressure from underneath them. I actually see now that there's most positions in the side. Well, in fact, I think just about every position in the side is going to come under some scrutiny mm. from week to week. If you're not playing well, and we've got guys in the resis pushing up and pushing up strong, I can't see yourself. I can't see them holding a position if there's these players coming from underneath them. And yeah. I don't reckon Bolton will stand for anything second rate. I agree with the pair of you. I think uh, you've. I, I really, really love the list at the moment. I. It's really well balanced. There's a really if you I challenge just go and um, pick, pick you kind of um, break it down into defenders, mids, forwards, and then put the guys who and and pick people in those areas that you think are ready to play AFL football now. Like if they had to play tomorrow, they could hold their own at this level, and then just put um, a line through the rest and break them into their categories. Um, guys who are on the edge and development in the development phase of their careers. I've already done that, and we are so well stocked defensively 
the midfield we could probably we just need a couple to come on to be you know on par with the very the good midfields in the AFL, not the greats. Our forward line still needs a bit of development. We need a couple of players to come on. We're still going to be reliant a bit on Levi and Matty Wright to a large degree next year. But as every year goes by, the reliance on that couple will diminish when guys like Charlie really start to develop. And who knows where he's going to end up playing. Um, Harry, obviously, we hope Paddy Kerr, you know, comes on. Um, and, you know, one or two others that we don't perhaps even have on the list at this stage. But there's a really good balance. There's a balance about the list now that makes you feel like there's coverage in a lot of areas um, and real growth. And there's just quality. I think there's quality, as you mentioned, Bagsy, under 30 games. There's a lot of players who you look at now and you go, I think they're going to be a 10-year player. I think I think mm. we've got a lot of quality mm. on the list that are they're going to be around together and they're going to grow and play football together, which you know we mentioned a few times throughout the year. I think that's so important. Well, I, hate, so important. I hate to say this because you're, you're virtually putting the mocker on certain blokes, but like you touched on, Geeks, I cannot speak more highly of um, particularly all the new draftees we've had over the last three years. The way they conduct themselves mm. you know, in the media – talk with fans, whatever it may be, at those open day yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Mate, seriously, I cannot speak highly enough of the quality of person we've got at the club, and I'm not sure that I could have said that a few years ago. Um, uh, I, I sort of see the list. I I watched on Foxtel, Fox Footy the other, the other week, I watched, I think it was the 2009 Grand Final, for about 15, 20 minutes. It was Geelong playing Collingwood. I think it was 2009, is that right, Ian? No, St Kilda, so it would have been 2010. No, Geelong. Geelong beat Collingwood in the grand final. 2009? Oh, no, I don't know. The year. A particular year. Yeah, 2010 Collingwood won, didn't they? Collingwood won yeah, 2010. Yeah. No, Geelong, Geelong, Geelong beat Geelong. Collingwood in the Yeah, what are you final. talking about? Geelong beating Collingwood. In 2009? No, I don't know, whenever. Yeah, when right did they beat them? Uh, Around that time. Geelong Collingwood. Doesn't matter. Yeah, what doesn't matter. You were watching a grand final and <laughs> right. Geelong beat Collingwood. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Geelong won in 7, 9 and 11. They beat... I might have been Oh, they beat Collingwood in 11. 11. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there you Sorry, go. 2011 yeah, 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 yeah. was wrong. Of course they I'm going to say something here and I will try and try... Be careful. You're going to say something no, I'll try, no, I'm not going to say something stupid. I will try and do the exercise. If, it, if I can find that the 22 that played that day... I was having visions of every player that collected the ball that day for Geelong. I was saying, yep, we've got one of you. <laughs> yep, we've got one of you. Yep, we've got one of you. It was incredible. And it, it went throughout the whole freaking field. <laughs> it was one after another. One after another. Particularly the back line really uh, got yeah. me in. The back line really sort of... Um, I noticed a lot of similarities, and that, I don't know if that's the Dale Amos influence. Yeah, I've got could no be. idea. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah, no yeah, idea, no, but no. I saw an enormous amount of um, similarity, or not similarity, but I can see us being very similar to that particular side mm, uh, mm. going forward. And I don't think they had a star-studded forward line either, Andy. So no, well, no. that's that's a theme in recent years for success. No, yeah, you don't have to be it's not geniuses. It's not about being the stars. No, it's no, you don't. It's about having the right group of players yeah, yeah true who won the flag this year yeah no the, the other mob who um, the one that we just, be, just before really we sign win. off yeah, really uh, there were carlton conducted i can't remember the title of it, it was a supporter meeting yeah yeah, yeah 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 the other night was, whatever yeah, the, whatever yeah. there was 
I read, I didn't go, but I, I took notes from people who attended and some of the things that came out of it, uh, it hasn't been released yet, but Carlton are going to announce uh, a profit of 700K this year, approximately, I believe. Um, and that's after losing uh, about 1.1 million in that sponsored and, and investing heavily in the women's footy. That, that's exactly. A, that's a, that's a, that's a exactly. Yeah. Uh, now the Etihad deal has been added to for this season. Apparently, and this is what they were told at the meeting. It's going to potentially earn us an extra million dollars a year. So they've obviously. So is that a one-off? Is that is that now? I don't know what the I don't year? know what the term terms yeah. are, but that, because I will tell you what, I don't reckon you want to stay in that joint. No, uh, when we hit the no. big time. So they've gone money over what basically the the yep. rest of yep. us yep. want want to happen. Princess Park is currently being resurfaced. Mm-hmm. It's currently covered in sand. Mm-hmm. Two million. It's costing the AFL stumped up a heap of that. Two million bucks. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, it's ready for February two when the Colling- uh, Collingwood Carlton Women's game mm-hmm. resumes. And so they're currently training on the the outside grounds of Princess Park. So they're open training sessions. If anyone wants to go down there, you can just walk up and watch them train. Um, what else? There was a suggestion at that meeting to Kane Little that uh, members who have been uh, on, you know, ongoing members for a period of time should maybe get discounts of some description. He, uh, he said no chance. No chance. Which I thought probably no a little chance. bit disappointing. No chance. Mate. Because other clubs are doing those things. Are they? Yes, they are. Okay. And I would well, have thought loyalty well, should be well, rewarded. Can I, I'll, I'll add to that. I will say... I'm not saying it's a bad idea. No, I'm just I, I, I think, I think it's a reasonable idea, yeah. but instead of the CEO just saying no chance, I reckon the CEO should maybe take it on board and have a think about... Well, you, none of us were there, so you don't... No, no, you don't, 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 okay. I mean, no, no, this is, don't, this don't is say, anecdotal, yeah, well, so I'm only going by what I heard another yeah, person okay. say. So well, let's if, not if he's write gone this ahead down and ink. said no chance, I would suggest that uh, he needs to rethink that because if I was a new CEO walking in and someone suggested that, I'd take it on board and I'd say, look, I'll think about it, but I would add one thing to that. You bring me a new member. Yeah, you get me 75,000 members. No, 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 not 75,000. No, well, number, you, yeah, you, yeah. no, no, no. You bring me, I'll, I'll put it out to you. Any member who brings me one new member, All right. you can get 10% off your off your membership. Right, yeah. So there's another way of perhaps getting 5,000 new members in the next six months. Yeah. So don't just p- potentially close the door on a yeah. person who suggested that. Perhaps rethink it and think, well, yeah, if other clubs are doing it, how are they doing yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And there might be a reason why we can do it, um, but bring mm. me another member. Uh, that was pretty much it from the meeting. Uh, one other piece of note that I, I heard that Ed Kerner actually did have some throat surgery recently regarding that voice box yeah. injury. So... I don't know whether it was more serious than they actually thought. Well, it kept might him have been. out, didn't it? I mean, it probably kept him out. We thought it was only going to be a four to four. I think Eight we weeks. all yeah it kept him out for the rest of the year. So it's affected his voice too. Yeah. I mean, so well, did it? Because I, I well, last time I heard him talking, he was definitely struggling a bit. Okay, right. Yeah. Anyway, they were just little up, oh, I just, up snippets. I, I did I hear I someone suggest that they should um, change their theme song. I go on. Yeah, I heard some idiot yeah. brought that up. What at the so, meeting? Yeah. He's so a persistent I, pest. Yeah. This so, bloke. so what I would suggest to that person and anyone who comes up with things like that is not drink a couple of bottles of vodka before you get there. Seriously, it does you no good. <laughs> 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 it's 
So that's it. There's plenty of it going on. We just thought we'd get together and uh, discuss it all because there's an appetite for it amongst us being the Carlton diehard, uh, faithful, and um, particularly wanted to say, you know, thanks for tuning in right throughout the year and a Merry Christmas to the lot of you. It's been great fun uh, to do this and we'll all be back hopefully to do it again uh, in 2018. But to everybody who's bothered to listen and reach out and contribute in one way or another, well, there's a finish. Um, <laughs> the Valley. I boogie. Uh, <laughs> I boogie. I boogie. Was it I boogie? I, I boogie. $11 it's paid. Oh, no, hang on. No, I think it was. Uh, thanks to everybody. Um, it's uh, It's been terrific to know that we're all part of this little community that care. It was, I boogie. Was I boogie? And um, I didn't have it. And um, uh, have a great Christmas. Be yeah. safe, be sound, be happy. Um, spend time with the loved ones, and um, we'll see you in yeah. 2000. Have a Merry are, Christmas. Are you back? Are you back? You're back in 2018? Me? Yeah. Are you back in 2019? I will be. Oh, I will be. And, and Merry just Christmas and a Happy New Year. Just before we sign off, 27th of December, my grandmother will turn 100. Jeez. So a cheerio wow. to my grandmother. In, in she gets a letter at, from the Queen. Yeah. Just oh, holding my yeah. breath, she gets she there. She's got another month yeah, to go, so that. let's see if she gets there. But you know, We'll get her over the line. No, cheerio to our uh, listeners yeah. and have a great break. You Cheers. Know, you know what you can do with that letter. Uh, that's it. See you later. Bye for now. They will know that they've been playing against the famous old dark blues. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.